Section twelve of the Visits of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Visits of Elizabeth by Eleanor Glynn. Chateau de Quamar, Part Two. Chateau de Quamar, Thursday night, September first. Dearest Mamma, I wonder if you have ever been to a rally de papier it is fun we got to marley at last after a long drive the rendezvous was in the middle of the forest in such a lovely glade and although it rained for the last twenty minutes of our drive the sun came out when we got there and the lights through the trees on the wet green were so beautiful there were quantities of carriages already arrived every sort victorias coaches pony carts charabancs motor cars and a few of the really odd kinds of chandridans that one sees coming to country garden parties in england there were also numbers of officers riding in uniform cuirassiers chasseurs dragons and they were to take part in the chase there was one officer who was to lead the carriages in a procession through the short cuts so that we might not miss any of the jumps and he had a horn slung over his shoulder i do think it's such a sensible plan and if we could have the foxes trained in england to go just where they should and then always drive to where the jumps are like that how much nicer hunting would be wouldn't it mamma well at last everyone seemed to be arrived and it was gay i was glad godmamma had been too tired to come so victorine was actually trusted with jean and eloise and me we had picked up the baronne and comte and the marquise de vermandoise at tournelle on our way the break was not quite like an english one it had seats facing and then an extra one behind for the grooms and jean drove with eloise beside him but he does look like a trussed pigeon and if the horses were not as quiet as mice i am sure the baronne would never have trusted herself with him they all began to chaff about the vicomte il ne chevauchera jamais si loin pas même pour vos beaux yeux the marquise said victorine seemed annoyed that anyone should expect he would do anything for me effidement monsieur de la tremore ne viendra pas she said i saw a beautiful black horse being led about by a groom apart from the crowd and i wondered who would ride it just before the horn sounded for the carriages to start from the farthest end of the alley we saw an officer galloping as hard as he could mon dieu c'est gaston screamed the baron c'est pour vous enchanteresse said the comte que c'est ridicule snapped victorine while the marquise laughed and put her tongue into her gap oh la belle jeunesse she said meanwhile the vicomte had dismounted jumped on to the fresh black horse and was bowing beside us vous voyez je suis venu he said and he looked only at me i don't know why mamma but i felt the blood rushing all over my cheeks it was nice of him wasn't it he had arranged it all yesterday and by changing horses and galloping the whole way he had managed just to get to the rendezvous in time i don't believe any englishman that i know would do so much for me and i was touched we were fortunate in being almost the first carriage behind our leader the officer with the horn and he took us across roads and we halted at last where we could see the whole hunt advancing to some hurdles which had been erected at a few yards distance from each other down the alley 
oh such an excitement everyone encouraging them at the top of their voices their uniforms glittering in the sun the jumps were not very high and most of the officers got over all right only one cuirassier fell and everyone shrieked but he wasn't a bit hurt we clapped those who jumped especially well and cried bravo it was fun and then when they'd all passed we were conducted through some more shortcuts to another set of hurdles covered with green boughs and these were a little higher it did sound lively with horns blowing and people shouting all the time the vicomte was among the last as he passed us following the paper but he waved gaily we had to drive very quickly to be on time for the next obstacle and so it went on when we watched the last ones the vicomte was among the very front four then the exciting part began as they had to race for the ribbons white for the winner and blue for the second but it was quite a long way so we had time to get to the winning post the flat place near where the chateau stood formerly there were long tables laid out with goûter and the bands of the regiments playing nice tunes victorine began to be disagreeable directly we saw them coming the vicomte well to the front c'est cruel de monsieur de la tremaude de presser son cheval à ce point she said while even the comte became excited and shouted bravo gaston i was pleased when he came in first and really he rides quite nicely mamma then everyone got out of the carriages and there was a ceremony the wife of the colonel of the seventy-fifth chasseurs young and nice-looking placed a white ribbon with gold fringe ends round the neck of the vicomte while he knelt and kissed her hand on the damp grass and when he got up there was quite a wet stain on his knees the second man a great lumbering cuirassier got a blue ribbon and as he was heavier the stain showed worse on his red trousers after that we all began to eat cakes and drink drinks i don't know what they were made of that's why i say drinks anyway they were sweet and nice and as the rain had stopped we danced on the green after we had finished now you know mamma we could never have any fun like this in england what englishman would think of dancing the lancers on sopping grass quite gravely with a white ribbon round his neck like a pet lamb and his trousers wet through at the knees they would simply laugh in the middle and spoil the whole thing the vicomte danced with me of course and while we were advancing to our vis-a-vis -vis in the first figure he managed to whisper that he adored me and now that he had ridden all night and won the white ribbon for me i ought to believe him i did not answer because there was not time just then and he looked so reproachfully at me for the rest of the lancers it began to rain again before we finished and we got into the brake as quickly as we could it was a perfect wonder that they were not all exclaiming at their wet feet and catching cold but it seems that dancing on the green and these sort of fetes champetre are national sports and you don't catch cold at them it is only washing and having the windows open and the house aired and things like that that give cold in france the vicomte came back with us and as he was one too many for the break we had to sit very close on our seat he was between the baron and victorine who made room for him when he was just going to sit down by me 
she kept giggling all the way home and the vicomte looked so squashed and uncomfortable i was next beyond the baronne and as both of them could not keep up their umbrellas victorine was obliged to put down hers and the drips from the baronne's umbrella got on to the roses in victorine's hat at last they ran in a red stream right down her nose and she did look odd and each time she said anything to the vicomte he nearly had a fit to keep from laughing when we got back and she found how she was looking she was cross the vicomte took hold of my hand when he helped me out it wasn't in saying good-bye as of course unmarried people only bow and don't shake hands somehow his spur caught in my dress and we had to stop a minute to disentangle it the others had bolted into the house as they were afraid of the rain so we were alone for an instant the vicomte at once kissed my hand and said je vous adore it was done so quickly that even hippolyte who had come out with an open umbrella to help us did not see at least i hope he didn't we went into tournelle to have something to drink while the horses were being rubbed down as we had had such a long drive and it was at the first mirror victorine discovered her red striped nose while i was sipping my punch i heard the baron telling heloise that her nephew the marquis had consented to marry victorine and that the baron would go over to croixmar the next day to make the formal demand for her hand then she whispered something and they looked at me and heloise laughed while the baron said oh, pauvre garçon c'est dommage qu'il ne puisse pas combiner le plaisir avec les affaires and when we got back to croixmar heloise came to my room and kissed me and thanked me she had heard she said from the baron how i had broken the marquis's heart and so got him to consent to take victorine i am glad mamma that getting married is differently arranged with us i should hate to have someone because somebody else that he wanted would not have him however victorine is as pleased as can be and has been smiling to herself all the evening now i must go to bed so good-bye dear mamma with love from your affectionate daughter elizabeth chateau de croixmar saturday september third dearest mamma i am sure what i am going to tell you will surprise you quite as much as it has done me victorine is really engaged the day after the rallye de papier it rained again and as we were sitting in the little salon after breakfast the old baron was announced he was dressed in a frock coat and a tall hat just as if it was paris and the height of the season they made conversation for about ten minutes and then he got up and putting his heels together he said he had come to request a private interview with madame la comtesse douairiere de croixmar and monsieur le comte de croixmar son fils upon which victorine looked coy and began scrabbling with her toes on the parquet heloise was not in the room and godmamma said to me that it was time for our walk as the rain had stopped and mademoiselle blanc the tug would be waiting so we bundled out of the room and victorine for the first time became affectionate as we went upstairs il est venu pour demander maman pour son neveu monsieur de beaupre she said putting her arm round my waist j'espère que cela ne vous chagrine pas chérie 
when i asked her why in the world it should grieve me she said that as every one had noticed how i had flirted with the marquis she supposed his preferring another girl could not be quite pleasant i could have screamed with laughter if i hadn't been so angry i felt dreadfully tempted to tell her of the marquis's proposal to me and why he was marrying her only that would have been playing down to her level of meanness so i said that the english idea of flirting and the french were different that the marquis seemed to me to be quite an agreeable frenchman and no doubt she would be very happy and far from it grieving me i was delighted to think that she would be settled at last as twenty-two was rather on the road to fixing st catherine's tresses she dragged her arm away in such a hurry that she scratched her hand on a pin that agnes had stupidly left in my belt voyez vous avez fait sonner maman she said almost crying with fury all i said was qui si fort si pique and as we had got to the door of my room i went off in fits of laughter she looked so like a cross monkey i couldn't help it well you can think mamma we did not have an agreeable walk victorine talked in her most prudish goody style to the remorqueur and never addressed me while poor mademoiselle blanc was so nervous trying to speak to both as we got to the turn into vinon monsieur dubois victorine's music-master came up the street he is a rather vulgar-looking person with a black moustache and lemon-yellow gloves and horrid if you have to be quite close to him just then we stopped to give some sous to a beggar-woman so as he passed he said with a great flourish of the hat was he to come on saturday as usual for the lesson victorine looked down all the time modestly and the tug answered oh of course so he said it would be a never-to-be-sufficiently-thanked kindness if mademoiselle would take back with her this roll of music that he had been on his way to deliver chez elle as it was much out of his road and he was pressed for time at his next lesson victorine at once seized it and he bowed again and walked on mademoiselle blanc had already a parcel in each hand she was taking to the embroidery shop after that victorine was distraite and seemed in a great hurry to get home she even spoke to me and while the tug was looking at wools in the shop she fidgeted so with the music that it came undone i offered to carry it as i had no parcels but she snatched it up as if it was gold and in doing so a bit of paper fell out of it and as i picked it up i could not help seeing that it began ma cruelle adorée she said in a great rage that it was only the words of a song as she put it in her pocket so i don't see why she should have been so furious with me seeing it do you mamma but she had not got over the pin in my belt i suppose anyway she made us trot home with seven-leagued boots godmamma met us in the hall radiant and clasping victorine to her breast said she must announce to her the joyful news that m le baron de fremonde had made the demand on the part of his sister the marquise de beaupre for the hand of her peerless victorine for her son and his nephew the marquis de beaupre and that she godmamma had consented to relinquish to them this treasure jean came out of the smoking-room just then and they all began kissing oh, it was awful i got upstairs as quickly as i could and eloise soon joined me there 
she was enchanted at the idea of really getting rid of victorine and she said godmamma's rheumatism was growing so bad she would soon have to spend the summer at german baths and so they would fortunately at last have Quamart to themselves and she could not thank me enough for having assisted at this denouement all the evening victorine played the tunes the music-master gave her and once or twice broke into a song of joy but when i asked her to try the one beginning ma cruelle adorée she looked green and said she was tired and would go to bed then jean and i had a game of billiards we often do now after dinner the salle de billiard opens out of the salon and there is a glass like a window over the mantelpiece so that you can see into the two rooms from each other it always reminds me of alice in through the looking-glass you expect to find a mirror and you see into another room godmamma generally accompanies us into the billiard-room and sits bolt upright in an armchair watching us but to-night she was too excited to pay us so much attention and stayed talking to eloise about the engagement jean seemed nervous and sad and knocked about the balls aimlessly not trying a bit it is only french billiards but still one has to play properly so at last i said that evidently the good news of victorine's engagement had so distracted him that he could not pay attention to the game he seemed quite startled ma foi le jeu he said vacantly i put down my cue and asked him quite gently what was the matter just then the bangle you gave me last christmas came undone so jean put his cue down too and offered to fasten it oh it is difficult to do oneself so i thanked him and handed him my wrist his hands trembled so he could not do it i thought he was ill and bent over him to see fortunately at that moment we happened to be at the one part of the table which can't be seen from the other room because jean behaved so queerly i feel sure godmamma would have been horrified he did not worry about the bangle but just began kissing my hand simply dozens of kisses i pulled and pulled to try and get it away but he would not let go and kept murmuring that at last at last he was alone with me oh now wasn't it too annoying mamma i could not call out or make a fuss because there would have been such a scene and you would never think a frenchman could be so strong for although i wrenched and dragged i could not get my hand away and it was making me crosser and crosser every minute at last when he began to kiss my wrist it tickled so i was afraid i should laugh and then he would think i was not serious so i seized my cue with the other hand and just told jean in a firm voice that if he did not let go that instant i would break it over his head that stopped him he pulled himself together and said oh pardon pardon and that he was awfully sorry and that it was because i was going away soon and he was mad and that is what i believe it was mamma a fit of some kind did you ever hear there was anything odd in the Quamar family anyway it shows foreigners are not to be trusted for even if they haven't pistols ready to shoot you they are doing something queer like this presently he took up his cue and began playing again and eloise came in from the salon she noticed he looked different and said at once qu'avez-vous mon ami 
une mauvaise digestion replied jean and he went up and drank sirop at the side table i think i should perhaps tell eloise what it really was and warn her to keep an eye on him oh, but then it might worry her and he may not have another attack for a long time no one would suspect him of being cracked he looks as quiet and respectable as the pony that mows the lawn ah the post is starting and i must go to breakfast so now good-bye with love from your affectionate daughter elizabeth p s the day after to-morrow there is to be a dinner-party here for the fiancés to meet all the tournelle party and his mother and a couple of cousins will be here besides the vicomte and antoine and the marquise who are staying at tournelle End of section 12.